Welcome to Comadres y Comics. Comadres y Comics is a podcast hosted by three Latina women. We highlight the Latinx presence in the comic book industry as creators, characters, and fans. Join us as we talk chisme, comics, fandom, and beer. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Comadres y Comics. This, ladies and gentlemen, is episode 100. We are your hosts. I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. Woo! Yay! <laughs> so exciting. Um, I am wondering, is this going to be like a crazy episode because we're turning 100? <laughs> it's well, like I can do it with my pants episode. off. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could, you could do that. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, I just have some. I'm quick... surprised you didn't say topless. <laughs> Honestly, it's because my bottom is covered with the blanket, and I'm cold. Yeah, yeah, oh, it is, yeah. It, oh, I love this weather. This is such amazing weather. I told. I wish we had at least a month of this type of weather because we, we're, we're going to yeah. get at least a week. Of it. Yeah, I heard there's three storm. We already had one, but two more storms mm-hmm. coming in. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I allocate. I I try to save the runoff water from the roof and put oh, it on yeah, our yeah, gas. Yeah. So uh-huh. that's a lot of fun to do while it's raining on you because it's like an adventure. So I like that. But I just <laughs> just in general, I love this type of weather because you can wear scarves and sweaters and, you know, I think I've worn my coat my coat that I bought last year like just twice this year. <laughs> And mm-hmm. I think I've worn boots like three times this year. And so because we're not going out and it's not cold. So yeah. I really appreciate appreciate at least a month of this type of weather would be awesome. Um, <laughs> just a quick update, everyone. Uh, we I'm running late. It's my fault. Sarah here. I, I confess it's my fault. I haven't done the Quince Definitive ed, uh, Bilingual Edition drawing yet, but I'm scheduled to do it on January 29th. So if you guys want to put in like your your final uh or if you put it off for this long um you could still enter <laughs> to win the hardcover edition of quince uh definitive bilingual edition just get your um your rating and uh review definitely a review because that's the only way we could see your name uh as of january 28th so uh get on it guys uh it's a great book to have in your library and actually it is the anniversary i believe today of the uh heidi hole slash commodity comics um presents uh the a book signing of quince the definitive bilingual hardcover edition so Oh, cool. Yeah, wow. A year ago. A, yeah, a year has passed. Isn't that cool? How we were so bright-eyed flies. and hopeful. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. And that's where we actually talked about going to Brownsville, Texas. I mean, so oh, many things. Yeah. yeah. So many things happened that day. And it was just awesome. We had conchas. It was just a great time had by all. Like, it was just... I mean, it, and it was a little bit rainy that day, too, but it was just beautiful. It was just a beautiful gathering, and I think that was one of our the last events we did, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it was before disaster struck. Oh, my God. Before our lives <laughs> changed. Yes. So what's going on with you guys? What's up with you, Kristen? Well, I am um, very excited because today I realized that I am within... Uh, reaching distance of hitting 200 miles uh, that I've logged 
uh, running and walking in one month. I've never done that much before. And I just was shooting for 168 because um, that's how much I have to average about uh, to hit 2021 miles in the year 2021. Um, but today I realize I'm so super close to hitting 200. So I'm going to try to go for that. Um, and I have, I think seven more days to go. So, um, I, that is like a huge goal for me. So yeah, so I'm really excited about that. I feel very accomplished. (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, and you know what really is so awesome? And I don't know if you're doing it for accountability, but I really enjoy your photographs. Like when you're out there running, (laughs) you're just like, I hit, you know, it's 6am and I already hit so such and such, um, or I'm, I'm running in the rain or, you know, it's cold out here, Cali weather, you know, it just, (laughs) you know, I, I, I wake up like, at I don't know nine or ten and I look at them and I'm like what are you doing with your life (laughs) (laughs) maybe Kristen learn from be Kristen (laughs) so so it's really motivating I mean it's working its way into my motivation but it's really awesome to see and I'm super proud of you you're doing amazing you're doing amazing what about you Jen (laughs) what's going on with you well I am currently being what we call the gotcha's whore in my friend group Uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and it's that <laughs> but what I mean by that is that uh, gotchas are um, uh, they're a system of gameplay where you uh, you can like they're free to most of them are usually free to play but you could pay for them possibly to get a chance at a character that you like uh, and I did that um, <laughs> um, because on the video game Genshin Impact they released a new character and I was like, oh, I'm not going to pull for them. And then I saw how much damage she was doing and I was like, no, never mind. I want her. Uh, <laughs> and I, instead of pulling her, I pulled another character who was equally as good, but it wasn't her. And I was like, now I can either settle for this character who's very, very good or I can keep trying to get the other character and pay money to try and get her. And I was like, hmm, guess I'm going to pay money. <laughs> gotcha. And yeah, yeah. Pretty, that's what the gotcha games. Uh, and I, I mean, I got her. Uh, I got her. <laughs> I don't want to say how much I paid. That is a secret. <gasps> that's a secret between me and my bank. And <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Like, I don't have much to do. And... <laughs> All that time is going to be spent being the gotcha's whore. <laughs> so that's how that's how my <laughs> that's how I've been spending my time. All right, guys, it's now that time. Kristen, what time is it? I have been staring at this can since we first came on, and I'm so ready to try it. I'm so thirsty. I'm actually hungry, but I'm going to satiate that hunger with beer. <laughs> es la hora de la cervecita. And so today we have another one of those beers that I picked up from Tortilla Cantina, who is selling their 16-ounce beers uh, for $5 each to go. Uh, And I got this one because I had actually been wanting to try um, new beers by, get this people, George Lopez Brewery. So if you are 
local to the South Bay, you know that in Torrance, California, George Lopez Brewing Company um, opened up as part of the Brews Hall um, at the Del Amo Mall. So... um, it is a, uh, I was so excited to go. They opened up literally like February, March or something like that and then shut everything down. Then they opened for outdoor dining, then shut everything down. I was never able to go. I'm not sure what their um, policies are right now for to-go food or beer or whatever. Um, but I pass it all the time because it is right next to to- uh, Target. And so um, I admittedly don't go to Target as much anymore. But when I do go, I see Bruce Hall. And and I had been um, uh, weirdly fascinated by George <laughs> Lopez having beer. Right? I find it very <laughs> interesting. So, um, so the Bruce Hall uh, says that they've teamed up with George Lopez to create authentic Mexican-style beers that are truly local. It says that <laughs> local. Uh, Lopez, along with uh, the Brews Hall brewmaster, has carefully developed recipes that will appeal to a wide range of palates and are extremely flavorful. These outrageous brews will only be released when George says they are ta loco. (laughs) (laughs) Ta loco? Ta loco. So... Um, there is a list of taloco cervezas, and one of them, oh my God, listen to the names of these beers. Naranja Crema, mm. Agria Fresca, nice. Lil Mexi, and Suavecito Stout. Suavecito Stout. That one interests me. The one we are trying is Paloma IPA. And Paloma IPA is inspired by a Paloma cocktail, which is truly taloco. It's bursting with citrus aroma and flavor. They use whole grapefruit and limes, grapefruit puree, and raw organic blue agave on top of an IPA base with Amarillo and Simcoe hops. The agave cuts the hop and grapefruit bitterness for a surprisingly smooth drinking experience. Now, as I was reading this earlier before we started recording, my mouth started to water. I'm only hoping that it tastes as good as it sounds. But I have to be honest, you poured it into a glass, Sarah. It looked it looked like dirty dishwater. Uh, yes, it has kind of a, a, um, <laughs> a orangey brownish hue. So it's not an attractive... Smells like an APA. It does smell like an APA. <laughs> you, um, can't, you can't fool Jen! You can't fool me. I know. I know how these smell. Um, and just going back to the name Paloma, uh, my brother makes palomas out of uh, blue agave con tequila, and he made oh. them for mm. New Year's, and and it they were delicious. The, and usually bartenders serve them in those little barritos, the little mm-hmm. um, kind of like clay. Like little yeah, clay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, my uncle serves them like that because he's a bartender for big events, and they're delicious. So uh, I hope this will be a uh, a good inspiration. It smells good. Yeah, I, I good. like the smell. <laughs> it it smells like IPA, but not very overpoweringly IPA. But yeah, it smells it mm-hmm. smells citrusy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what? It's um. 
It's actually yeah. pretty good. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Oh. I really like it. That's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty smooth. Mm, it is. I like that a lot. You know, whenever and I taste the grapefruit at the end instead yes. of the hops. Yes. Yeah, I like that. And that's what it said that the agave cuts the bitterness. Oh, tiene agave. Is that I what like that is? This is a uh, some chemical stuff. <laughs> some science at work. <laughs> Well, it is a 7.5% uh, ABV by volume, so um, it's not a not a little uh, sissy uh, beer drinking IPA <laughs> like you. I mean, there's some IPAs that I mean, most IPAs are are um, uh, higher in alcohol volume, but 7.5 is nothing to sneeze at. No. Oh no, no. It's. Uh, I mean, it, what is it? Loggers are usually like what, like four point five, five yeah. point. Yeah, 5. I would say 0. around four to five, four, uh -huh. five to five. Yeah. Yeah, and I actually when I read the name George Lopez, because I actually saw uh, some of his beer uh, available for purchase at uh, Torrance Craft Beer Cellar. And oh, okay. I, I meant to buy one, but then um, I was thinking. I didn't read the can. I just read the George Lopez part, and I was like, "It probably it's probably a lager." So I just was like, "Eh, I'm not interested." But I, I had I read the can, I would have realized whether it was an IPA or some yeah. other type of beer. So that was a an assumption on my part, and I, I am disappointed that I, that about myself. But um, this one's pretty damn good, and I'm so glad you picked it up. It it really is good. Yeah, I like it a lot, and. <laughs> Uh, that naranja crema, I gotta hunt that one down. It says it's an orange cream ale with a crisp pilsner malt base and flaked mm. maize. It mm. also, I said maize, it's maize. <laughs> um, it also, there's it's two different no. things. It no, no, my maize is the same as my the way you said it was just how English how it's said in English. Maize. So maize is is corn right but like it's but it's uh, specifically corn dried uh okay no. so same no yeah. mm -hmm. it's the, okay. it's just the hard corn the Got dried it. out okay. corn so it also has fresh blood orange added providing a juicy body and citrus aroma in a harmony with pineapple mint and sugar aromas wow that wow. sounds so that sounds good really good that's pretty <laughs> impressive. George Lopez is making some good beer up in here. Mm hmm Most I definitely. I mean, wow. Now, when people or when we've had some IPAs that describes themselves as juicy, and I was and I would always wonder, like, what the fuck does it mean, juicy? It's hops. Yeah. Like mostly, I just taste bitterness. But this, this, I can definitely see the juicy flavor. Uh. Or the juicy aspect that people always say. Because it's okay. it's really good. Okay. Lopez is Mexican. Mm -hmm. He's a bud drinker at heart. He <laughs> knows what he's doing. He's making craft beers for the bud drinkers. <laughs> and the Agria Fresca is... Um, it's a tart beer. And it... It has, um, it, it's light and easy drinking with hibiscus. 
So I'm ready to try that. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm gonna go try to find. I'm gonna go see if they're actually um, selling beers out of the hall. I would like to try all of those. Yeah, the like- suavecito stout. Uh-huh. I one I like the name. Uh, but also I like stout, so I want to see Ooh, what and, they would and do the with the stout. stout is eight point seven percent, and it's an imperial milk stout aged on cinnamon and cacao nibs. Ooh. Chocolate and caramel flavors dominate, with a creamy, smooth sweetness and a perfect hint of cinnamon. Wow, I'm sold. Yeah, <laughs> I really am enjoying like this this whole like burst of flavor from this beer it definitely does have a um a un parecido a, a sim- similarity oh, wow. to las palomas that my brother does it really it, does it yeah nice. but but in beer format so, so what does it what does a paloma entail besides tequila and agave um mm. i think they put sprite in it and they do oh, put grapefruit. um yeah. the uh, toronja or um grapefruit yeah, oh, okay. a lemon. So it's uh, the ingredients you're reading out. It oh, just wow. it's exactly what Eric nice. puts it. Yeah. Okay. But it yeah. So um, and I think the the sprite or squirt. I can't remember which one. Uh, mm. as far as mm-hmm. kind of like um, but yeah, this one the carbonation uh, of the beer mm-hmm. reminds me of like the soda portion of the paloma. So anyway, I'm really impressed. Actually, I didn't. I was hesitant, like I said, but I am so glad you picked it up because I'm, I'm super yeah. surprised and, and kind of the thing with like amazing celebrity actually. beers and stuff like that, or like celebrity anything, is that they're hyped up, but sometimes they're not good. I mean, we tried the Trejo beer and it wasn't it wasn't anything to sneeze yes. at. So I was kind of expecting the same thing. I was honestly expecting to yeah. be disappointed, yeah. but this is actually really good. Uh, I, it's really flavorful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It seems that he knows what he's doing. Uh, so I and the other beers sound really, really tasty. So I am excited to they do uh, to try them out when I get the chance. Yeah, most definitely. I um, I um, as you all know, Torrance Craft mm-hmm. Beer Cellar was a place that I would always go to get beer. But I'm going to, tr- because there's so many new, like, lat- Latino-based be- brewers, um, there are other places, like in Lakewood, um, uh-huh. that I could possibly go and find my new beer haven. So, um, hopefully by the next episode, I'll have, like, a new <laughs> liquor store, beer liquor store, craft beer liquor store. <laughs> that, Wait, what uh, happened to 310? Oh. 310, remember, they crashed into the wall? Uh, into yeah, the mirror. But- but they're not open? They're open, but they have like oh. a tiny space right now they're running out of oh, uh, until they okay. can open up the big store. I mean, I'm still going to go oh. through 310. I went Got there. It. I went there just on Friday. So, um, okay. but um, but we need a little bit more. Like, we need to know where we can find mm-hmm. the rest of the cans of the George Lopez beer. Yeah. We And uh, we definitely need to follow the rest of the cans that uh, that are releasing by Crowns and Hops. So, I mean, there's uh, there's another one in Torrance that I have my eye on, but I just want to, I want kind of more variety. Uh, I think the Latinx uh, community is really, really, really um, kicking off these wonderful brews. So I'm excited to see what else we can find, um, especially mm-hmm. if you can find the George Lopez ones. I think it'll be great. 
Yeah, definitely. I'm going to go see if maybe they're selling them um, out of the um, out of the store themselves. Because the, the brew hall is comprised of, I think, four different restaurants slash breweries. Well, not slash breweries. I think George Lopez was the only one that was a brewery. But there was four different restaurants. And I'm assuming that they have the capability of still doing to go. But some restaurants shut down completely because it just wasn't worth it. And they were so new. I don't know if they had a customer base. But the but the brewery itself, I mean, selling mm-hmm. beer uh, during the pandemic, I think, was a way to go for some businesses. So um, hopefully I can... Uh, I I can find the other ones and we can try those out as well. Oh, absolutely. But aside from that, my <laughs> mouth keeps watering just remembering the taste of the beer. Uh, um, <laughs> no, but I really, really enjoyed the agave flavor in it. Uh, the There's that, that um, what is it called? The uh, carbonation uh, against this beer and the flavors. I think it's really great. I was really, really, really uh, pleasantly surprised. Yeah. So I'm just going to go with the rigid. Oh, yes. So uh, for those of you who need a reminder, we uh, rate our beers on a five point scale with a one being flaccid, two initial, three partial, four out of five is a full and a five out of five is a rigid. Very nice. What did you say? You said rigid? I said rigid. I'm really impressed. I'm really impressed. Yeah. Yeah, This was very impressive and creative. Just, I mean... It, all the elements hit it, hits it out of the park, except mm-hmm. maybe just the color of the beer, but you can't help that. So. <laughs> yeah. And also, this uh, beer was from Tap from Tortilla Cantina. So I don't know if that means anything or affects anything of coloring or whatever. But um, I also, this is Kristen, am going to give it a rigid. I was very pleasantly surprised. It actually makes me want to try um, an original Paloma and then compare it to this because mm-hmm. you made the Paloma sound really, really yummy. So, um, but this is really good. Everyone knows I like IPAs, but um, just because you like IPAs doesn't mean you're going to like all IPAs. And there's some IPAs that I just don't like. But this is really good. I really enjoy it. I would um, buy this again. So This is um, Jen, and I am also going to give it a rigid because I was very pleasantly surprised by the taste of it. I'm not generally... Like, I've learned to appreciate IPAs, but they are not my go-to ones. I get more excited when we're drinking a stout or something along those lines. Um, But this was really, really good. And like I said, this is like... This is what I now will compare all beers who call, call themselves juicy to. Because... This one, this one's really, really, really good. Uh, and I enjoy the taste of the agave of the grapefruit as well. So it's going to be a rigid for me. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Like yeah. for an IPA yep. to get a rigid out of Jen, that's like unheard of. That's awesome. All right, guys, now it's time for Chisme de la Semana. And today, this is Sarah. I have some Chisme for you guys. So, um, this is just the latest news um, from, or uh, not from, but regarding the Sandman um, TV series. um, And this is the latest news. So, 
Uh, Neil Gaiman was asked on a Twitter post uh, whether they were going to move forward with actually making the Sandman series. And his response was, uh, we are actually filming the infamous 24 hours, um, the 24 hours uh, diner, um, I wouldn't say, ep yeah, episode or storyline. And they're starting, and this was uh, posted a day ago. So this week, guys, they're going to be filming the infamous diner scene and for those of you guys who don't know what the infamous di diner scene is uh when i forgot the guy's name but the guy who stole the ruby the jewel from the dreamstone from um from his mother who was stolen from morpheus um he goes into a diner and he pretty much uh, bends reality for the people that are in the diner and mm -hmm. it, it's so gruesome and just over the top and scary it's just one of the like the most impactful scenes in the sandman storyline um and it's actually being filmed this week so i'm really excited they've been really hush hush about um the people uh, that have been cast so that's kind of interesting as well they haven't cast death either so um they're leaving that up for speculation oh and i'm sorry Ooh. it wasn't a tweet it was a tumblr blog so, oh, a Tumblr post. Yeah. That's right. I forget yes. that he's on there. <laughs> so um, I don't know anything about Tumblr. So for me, this is kind of interesting. So, um, Oh, it's... Tumblr, where I spent the days of my youth. <laughs> <laughs> so it's for, they're filming for the TV adaptation. And again, they're very being really cryptic about the actual people who have been cast. So I'm... Um, um, I'm I'm pretty much it's Doctor Destiny who is the one who bends the reality for these people that are mm -hmm. in the um in the restaurant in the diner. So um, that's my cheese and I hope they do it justice. For those of you who love looking through and 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 diving into YouTube and getting lost, there is a, a kind of a fan a fan. Um, Fan video, um, fan film? Fan video, yeah, fan film on the diner scene that is, that actually plays, a, it, it actually brings homage to that particular storyline, and it is gruesome, it's crazy, and it's amazing. So check that out too, and I'd love to um, see what they do for the um, Netflix adaptation, because I'm going to totally break it down and i'm totally going to compare it to this fam fan film that was released on youtube so uh, check that out that's my chisme guys and i know that kristen has some chisme for us today too yes <clears throat> so you may or may not remember that close to three years ago uh brian k vaughn and fiona staples put saga on hiatus and said that it was going to be at least a year long. Well, it has been almost three years. And uh, today, uh, which is January 24th, um, I read an article that came out on the 22nd um, that is highlighting an Instagram post that Brian K. Vaughn himself wrote actually stating that new saga is not only coming but coming soon now if you actually Ooh. are an ongoing reader of saga you know that that last issue issue 54 um left on a very 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 huge cliffhanger and if you haven't read it i will not spoil it for you however 
Um, not only did Brian K. Vaughn say that new saga is coming, but he specifically said that there is another 54 issues coming. Um, he wow. said that wow. they are only halfway through with the story. So that is a huge statement for one of the most iconic indie comics out there. Uh, Saga is the comic that comic book readers come in to buy uh, to give as a gift to their non-comic book reading fan, uh, friends. Um, Isn't it still the best-selling book in the store? Uh, we sell tons of it. I don't know if it's... if. if it, it's still that because the hiatus kind of cooled it off a little bit. But mm, um, once the new stuff starts coming out, I can imagine that it will be um, that people will start wanting to go back and, and read the compendium and to jump right back on. But um, if you haven't read Saga uh, and you want to get into comics or you want to get into indie comics, I highly, highly, highly recommend it. It is a... Um, for a lack of a better description, it's kind of like a Romeo and Juliet story set in, in space. space. <laughs> <laughs> Romeo and Juliet meets Star Wars. Yes. Meet, uh, well, no, yeah, that's the best. That's mostly how I sell it. <laughs> how I sell it is Romeo and Juliet meet Star Wars, but make it rated R. Yeah, I was going to say, yes, and lots yeah. of yes. naked bodies and sex. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, I actually have, I think, the first three trade paperbacks. So uh, do you guys know how many trade paperbacks are out right nine. now? Nine. Nine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, wow. So we expect nine more, basically. That's yeah, awesome. That was it. Was such an amazing story. I mean, it is such an amazing story uh, because they're bringing it back, so it's still alive, guys. So I'm excited to see what happens. I mean, oh my gosh! I, one of the things was that I started reading it before I guess anybody really knew about mm-hmm. it, and then um, I started seeing all this cosplay like at San Diego Comic Con. Uh, and it was just so awesome just to be like geeking out over their <laughs> choice in cosplay. I'm just like, oh my god! And it was just like, um, it was awesome. It, uh, good times. These were definitely uh, the times where we were able to go out and uh, go out and and be in public and uh, conventions. But it was it's such a great book, guys. And um, if you're just jumping on it, it doesn't matter because the story will continue for another what is it seven or nine uh trade paperbacks but you can always ask your local comic book shop to uh get get your stuff on the pool list so that is so exciting yeah oh my gosh it doesn't say exactly when it's going to be coming out uh again but it just says uh it's coming back soon so that's it. So um, soon, TM. Yes. So the first fifty-four issues of Saga can be bought in um, one collection of a big compendium that you can buy, which is going to save you money as opposed to buying the the whole nine issue, uh, the nine volumes independently. Um, and uh, you can go to your local comic shop and just ask for the Saga compendium. Awesome. All right, guys, it's now time for our book review. What are we reviewing today? Well, today we are reviewing 
Andy Starboy. And uh, Andy Starboy came to us through uh, Daniel Calvo. Um, yes. He is, um, he's, what is he? He's like a main editor-in-chief editor -in of Concrete Comics. And so when we did um, all of those Concrete Comic uh um, it was a Las Platicas interview on our YouTube channel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When mm -hmm. we did those books, we met him and then we uh, interviewed the team and it was just um, so cool. They have such great content. And Daniel teased at the time uh, Andy Starboy and he actually gave us like a little like excerpt from it and we were like so excited and so interested in it and um, now they successfully kickstarted the first issue uh, and so um, it is uh, created and written by Daniel and the line artist is Leandro um, Mensis Mensis is that how you say his last name Men 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 yeah Menses? I believe he's from Brazil um, yes Colors by Matthews Hugh. The letterer is Lonzo Starr, and the editor is Lonzo Starr, who is the writer or the creator of Acolyte, right? Yes, and also he is um, the co-founder of Concrete right. Comics. So mm. um, Andy Starboy's story um, kind of is very interesting. Um, Andy Starboy is the greatest hero of a world where Roswell, New Mexico has been the crashing site of several alien ships, advancing technology immensely and creating a new race of mutants who are constantly discriminated against. When a new villain shows up at his school, will Andy be able to defeat him and deal with the consequences of their battle? It takes a new breed of hero to change the world. And that's new breed, N-U-B-R-E-E-D, because apparently that's what they call these new mutants um, that are caused by all <laughs> these crashes that are happening in Roswell. Yes, yes, definitely. And to top it all off, within the story, there is a reality show that uses new breeds and it's called a new breed challenge and where they um, not only are humans mutating into these new breeds, but also there are animals who are mutating and uh, becoming really large and, you know, destructive. And th that's the challenge. They battle up against each other, sort of like... Um, what well, street fighter <laughs> yeah i mean because the the mutated uh animals are attacking the city of roswell so they're like hey someone has to fight these things and it's our protagonist andy is the one who's doing it who happens to make a reality show of it and becomes super popular so a uh, quick synopsis of the story. Andy Starboy is the greatest hero of a world where Roswell, New Mexico has been the crashing site of several alien ships. Advancing technology immensely and creating a new breed of mutants, uh, we, as Kristen said. But in and of itself, uh, the story is... Uh, well, I was actually very surprised by this. I remember seeing this book on Kickstarter and I was all like, so it's a resident alien and i was like i have already read resident alien i don't need to back it i now regret not backing it because i was very very taken with the story i was very impressed by it as well um 
Andy is a mutated, uh, like, he's a mutated teen who's still going to school and he's being discriminated, not because he's Mexican, uh, but. Because he also is Mexican. <laughs> yeah, because he's also, he's, he's a Mexican mutant, uh, but because of how he looks and he looks like an, he looks like an alien. But what I really, 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 really liked about the book was how his interactions with his mom and his little sister. Mm -hmm. I thought that they were really endearing. I thought that they were very true to life. And I really liked the juxtaposition of her mo of his mom worrying about him, even though he has, like, these powers so and stuff like that. And she <laughs> hates it. She hates it when he flies. Because uh, like, they don't tell us, but in my head and knowing my own mother, it's just like, what if he crashes or something like that? Or she, or she's like, when he comes back home, there's uh, squished bugs all over his jacket that she has to that she has to clean. And I just, I love those little tidbits. I love the story overall, but I think what really endeared me to the story itself was those interactions with his mom and his sister. And I was just like, I was like, oh, okay, this is a story that I can get behind. And I really just like how they were able to, once again, we've, we've spoken about it, if Latinidad, the Latin identity in, well, he doesn't look Mexican. He looks like an alien. Like, he looks mm -hmm. straight up, he's an alien. He looks like an alien, but they were still give, able to give him a Mexican identity, and I thought yes. I thought that thought it was excellently done, and I thought it was really good, and I think that's this is a way of adding. This is like the reverse Miles from the very beginning when we read his book, where they said it, but there was no like there was no like identifying factors, but in this like they say it, but also like oh yeah, here's here's also how he's you know Latinx. So I thought mm. I I really really enjoyed it. I know, and I love um, I love what you're saying. Most definitely, um, I love the layers of the story. And this is, ladies and gentlemen, just a first issue. I mean, yeah. we get we get some um, kind of like some scenes from years past, of starting from 1947 all the way to 1984, uh, where they use reverse technology to advanced technologically so i mean it's just there's that um there is also it gives you kind of like this discrimination uh part of the story where they all the new new breeds are actually living in a specific town except for andy because andy is a superstar and you also get the high school hijinks aspect of an adolescent life um where he definitely was bullied throughout his mm -hmm. life but because he's on this tv show now everybody loves him and um he is kind of like searching within himself um he has this kind of like confliction because um he likes the attention but he knows deep down inside that they only like him because he's popular because he's on this tv show uh, that has nothing to do he hasn't changed He's not somebody different. He's the same old Andy. And it's just, um, he's just being treated differently. And, and, and it's a, a conflicting thing within himself. So um, I really love that. He even has like a really hot girlfriend. Um, and he, he's friends with the jock. Like he, and he, within his monologue while he's roaming the halls, he's like, this, is the, this isn't how it used to be. It only changed like a few days ago. Like um, it's, and it's, it, it, this is the weird part. He's an alien, but 
when he's having these thoughts of like do they like me for me or are they liking me for this other reason and you see the sadness in his face you see that how they draw drew emotion in his face even though he's an alien i mean my god that's that's some next level shit. I really like this. I really like this. I love there's a part where there's kind of a little snippet where he says the the lyrics of uh, a Ramon song. So you get mm -hmm. that pop culture aspect of it. So I, I mean, I, I'm loving this. I've waited for this comic, this first issue since I went to Nertino uh, in November, uh, not this year, but last year. So I waited a whole year for this, guys, and, I, and it doesn't dis it does not disappoint. What about you, Kristen? Um, what I really enjoyed about this book was that um, the character development of Andy himself. Um, we get to see it progress, and at the end of this issue, um, there's a huge cliffhanger, and um, it you know, leads us to believe that obviously we're going to see a big resolution in, um, the upcoming issues. But what I liked about it is, um, what Daniel himself points out in his, um, his little excerpt that he wrote at the end of the comic, which is that in comic books, the hero is usually a perfect standard of morality who fights the bad guy and saves the day. Um, but real life is not that simple. That's a quote from Daniel. And so, um, he is taking Andy's uh, character and he's giving us a situation that is not the norm when it comes to um, to the superhero stories that we usually see. And so um, I, I like that we see that Andy himself um, talks about how he was bullied and that Daniel at the end talks about how statistics show that children of color, especially black and Latinx young men, are more likely to suffer bullying at school and become victims of gun violence from both ends of the gun. Um, and that Daniel specifically was thinking about um, taking those issues and putting them into this science fiction uh, story line. And so all those things together, like when I read the end part, it kind of like wrapped up the book in a perfect little package for me. And it helped me to mm. define the story that I had read in a different way. And it actually helped me to appreciate it a lot more. Uh, and I am looking forward to what we see the resolution coming from the big cliffhanger that happened. Um, because definitely Andy got himself into a situation that, um, that the quote unquote good guy does not necessarily, uh, usually see himself in. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, most definitely. Uh, <clears throat> Like you said, um, uh, the the actual uh, it's called Creators Corner, where he wrote the a mirror of a of our uh, a mirror of our present of our present, and um, that uh, to me, um, because we had issue. Well, I personally had issues with uh, Santa having the use and highlighted uh, gun use for a young girl. And um, I, it didn't sit well with me, but with here with Andy Starboy, uh, we see the development of the same kind of gun issues, but in a, a, the way he presents it on the creator's corner, it it it, uh, it makes sense. It explains what the writer and creator wanted to accomplish and what 
message he wanted to send out into the world with his comic book. So I, I really so appreciated well that. So well done and with consequences. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Especially with consequences, yeah. you know. Um, so I, I really love that. Um, the artwork is amazing. I know we haven't really touched much about uh, on the artwork. Um, the artist is uh, from Brazil, I believe. And mm-hmm. um, it's just amazing. Like the scenes with his mother and the scenes of the aftermath of the consequences of gun violence was just so moving. Um, I, <clears throat> I'm sorry, I'm getting a little <clears throat> emotional because... I feel that any mother would would have kind of that reaction towards something that's happened and then uh, how she embraces her son and um, they're trying, you know, it's just, it, it was a very emotional scene and emotion, it, it was just, even when, you know, the gun violence happened, the, the mm-hmm. emotion that was presented by Andy's facial features and um, the art, the artists at work here was just really extraordinary. I mean, I, he's an alien, but you could totally see the horror and the regret and the pain that comes with, with all of this. So I, this book was beautifully executed. Honestly, I, I really love the whole thing. I, 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 um, the bullying part really stuck out to me. It it was really well written. It wasn't over the top. It was just really well, you know, really really well put together. I really enjoyed that. Um, the relationship with her mom and her sis- his mom and his sister was really great too. Um, are you guys? I don't want to spoil anything <laughs> because uh, definitely, if you want to get this book, go to uh, concretecomics.com to get this book because it's really, really, really good, and I can't wait to see what happens in issue two. And are you guys? Ready? That's concrete. K O N K R E T, or is that right? K O N K R E T. K O N K R E T comics. Yes, <laughs> comics yeah. with the C. Yeah. With the C. And actually, I believe this is in Concrete Comics' first Kickstarted works. So you might actually want to follow them on Kickstarter, too, and get updates for when they have their next story up for uh, being supported. Because uh, if issue number one was successfully Kickstarted, then I'm pretty sure issue number two Uh will as well. Yeah, and they had a... what, What is super interesting about the Kickstarter of Concrete Comics, it was the whole Concrete Comics comic books that are available so it was andy starboy number one but it was mm-hmm. like absolver and everything else issue two because they had already successfully kickstarted one whereas andy starboy was a new project that they were launching out mm-hmm. so there was a possibility of getting all of the number twos from the previous comics and number one of andy yeah. so cool. so um yeah they do kind of like a whole package of like the whole concrete universe which is really awesome um, are you guys cool. ready to to rate it yeah. yeah, I'm ready to read it. Go ahead, Kristen. Uh, so I am going to give it three conchas. I really liked it a lot. I I really um, admire and like Daniel's um, ability to write dialogue in a fresh, up-to-date, relevant way. Um, it's not, yeah. it's not boring. It's, and it's also, I mean, uh, it, it's, 
You can tell sometimes when a writer is trying to write like a young person like a or yeah, yeah, like a teenager. And um, I don't know how old Daniel is, but I'm guessing he's not that far away from being an, a teenager. <laughs> I think he's in his 20s. But um, but regardless, I mean, um, generations change so quickly. And like before you know it, there you are like, what the heck? These young kids, what are they talking about? <laughs> but Daniel, <Stop>. Daniel's <laughs> writing style seems... It, comes across very authentic so i'm giving it three conscious uh this is jen and i'm also gonna give it three conscious i really really liked it i really liked like kristen said like i didn't really think about it but yeah the dialogue is like really 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 good it's very smooth and it flowed really well i really like how they were able to emphasize the latinidad and how uh andy has to come uh face with like the consequences of his actions and stuff like mm-hmm. that but it's it's a really interesting story and i'm very i'm very sorry that i compared it to resident alien because it's its own <laughs> thing it it is like it's it's an entirely different story with an entirely different premise um uh but it it's it's really good um uh i just couldn't help but compare it to that <laughs> but it it's not they're completely different stories uh and i highly highly recommend uh picking up issue one and seeing if you can follow concrete and uh back their other projects as well when the time comes absolutely um <clears throat> this is sarah and um as you know we have a youtube um channel uh, just search Comadresi Comics Podcast. And one of our interviews is with um, Concrete Comics, uh, most of the creator team be, uh, behind Concrete Comics. So if you want to know more about the other um, stories and other uh, comics that are available, check that out for sure. Uh, we do have a Las Platicas um, audio version um, available also that i interviewed uh daniel calvo so um uh, check those out too if you guys want to learn more about concrete comics uh as far as andy starboy like i said i have been waiting a year for this comic and finally i was able to kickstart it i just was i kept waiting i'm like when are you guys gonna launch the kickstarter when is it gonna happen <laughs> like i think they might have gotten tired of me being like okay dude i'm ready when is it coming out when is it coming out like because like, my posts were always like okay guys when is it coming out okay guys when is it coming out like <clears throat> I'm sure they're like, oh, there's that pesky girl again asking when is it coming out. But <laughs> finally came out. I finally like backed it like right away. And um I I I'm so glad I did. It's just such a good story. Um the artwork is so amazing. Just amazing. Loved it. Loved it. Loved uh how endearing Andy is. He's a little cocky, <laughs> but there's a lot of heart in that kid and and I love I love the character and I I want to see what happens because we're again left on a cliffhanger so I'm going to give it tres conchas and the whole panaderia because I've been waiting so long and because it it hit what I wa- I wanted what I wanted to feel but mm-hmm. gave me more it gave me more on top of it so I'm just super excited about this um this character so Tres conchas and the whole pan- the whole panaderia basically toda la panaderia. <laughs> so um, yes, uh, check that out. ConcreteComics.com. Um, you could actually purchase that on the website. Um, thanks so much, girls. 
All right, guys, it's now time for On My Radar. And Kristen, what is on your radar? Okay, so I have recently taken over the ordering um, responsibilities of Heidi Ho Comics. So I am starting to learn about all of the cool stuff that is coming out two and three months from now. And one of those things that is on my radar and that I'm sharing with you guys today is that it is... Oh my gosh, Deadpool's 30th anniversary this year. Can you imagine? Oh, wow. wow. Like, 30 years. 30 years. <laughs> that's that's a lot. Like, I in my mind, like, he's, he's like, so recent as the movies, but I know that's not true. Right. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, and so... In um, great Marvel fashion, Marvel is um, planning a big to-do um, to celebrate this anniversary. And they are going to have a Deadpool uh, one-shot that is coming out, I believe, in March. And most all of Marvel's main series are going to have Rob Liefeld variant covers. And most of Oh, my these, God. It's going to be like we're in the 90s. Uh, I know. (laughs) Most of these covers are open to order, so you can contact your local comic shop and tell them you want one, and they can order one for you, and you will have it in your hot little hands in I believe in the spring, (laughs) which I believe is going to be mostly March, um, is the dates that I saw, but there might be some uh, Aprils coming out, but. also in great Marvel fashion, none of the artwork was ready for preview, so I wasn't able to see any of the artwork. Um, who knows if it's really because it wasn't ready or because they didn't want you to see the the horrific horror that <laughs> Liefeld is going to produce for these for these covers. But I mean, what can what can I say? Expect huge biceps and little hands and feet. I, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> love it <laughs> so yes that is on my radar i i actually have never read liefeld deadpool but all the deadpool that i have read which to tell you the truth i can't even remember who the writers are um i have loved i love his quippiness i love his joking i love that he breaks the fourth wall i just love everything about deadpool when i read a deadpool comic i laugh and smile but also they never hold back i mean deadpool is deadpool they're r-rated 100 percent in um in the comics as well most of the comics are teen plus but i mean i would say that they should be mature um, but, uh, I love Deadpool. And so I'm actually looking forward to this anniversary stuff. And I, I'm actually a little bit morbidly curious to see what, <laughs> what Liefeld comes um, up with for these covers. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, Garishness. Jen. <laughs> Garishness. I love it. <laughs> Jen, you had an on my radar. What is on your radar? On my radar, actually, well, Amazon recently dropped like a slew of like trailers and stuff like that of stuff that's going to be coming onto Amazon Prime. But what interested me the most was actually a trailer for Invincible, uh, which is Robert Kirkman's other original work, um, and it at 
it's actually going to be an animated series. So Invincible is done and completed. And it was actually a really popular series. It was. Um, uh, but it is... Uh, it was done by Image Comics. And it was uh, like Robert Kirkman... Uh, worked with it along with Corey Walker and Ryan Otley. And the series follows uh, the superhero Mark Grayson, who is invincible, uh, who was raised by his father, Nolan Grayson, uh, who was the superhero Omni-Man. And so the clip uh, features like them like talking and they're like playing catch, but superhero style. So they're throwing <laughs> the ball around. They're throwing the ball around the world uh, and waiting for it. Yeah. I'm waiting for it to um, uh, to come up, and actually, the the trailer clip made me more interested in the animated series and the comics than it, uh, I have ever been. Because I looked at Invincible, saw that it was Robert Kirkman, and I was like, "Oh, I'm fine." But watching the trailer, I was just like, "Oh, this is kind of interesting." It's like it's it's kind of like Jupiter Circle, mm. but uh, I guess this was Jupiter Circle before it was Jupiter Circle, uh, and kind of like legacy and like personal responsibility and stuff like that. So I thought that was, I thought that was, I thought that was pretty cool. So like they discuss carrying the mantle of superheroism as well. Uh, and what that means. Uh, but the first season of the show will be comprised of eight episodes, each an hour long. Oh, wow. And the first three, yeah, the first three episodes will premiere in March, with the rest being released on a weekly schedule. Okay. Uh, and, like, a few of the names that are associated with Invincible are Sandra Oh, Seth Rogen, Gillian Jacobs, wow. Andrew Reynolds, Zazie Beetz, wow. Mark Hamill, Walton what? Goggins, Jason Manzukas, and Mae Whitnam. And this is just a few of them. So we don't, I don't know who they're voicing, but these are all people that are going to be, like, in the show. That's um, awesome. So, but Invincible will be an R-rated series. Ooh. I mean, the book was rated R too, I think, or like rated teen plus, mm-hmm. I believe. So it's just, uh, it's very, I think it's very different from Walking Dead, but it still features like a lot of like Kirkman's kind of personal uh, writing style, which is, you know, like violence, a lot of shocking aspects and a lot of twists. Um uh, but uh, Invisible premieres on Amazon Prime Video on March 26th. So if you're nice. interested, and I'm, I, I'm definitely interested in it because the thing with uh, a lot of rated R animated series is that they tend to be, one, super, super vulgar and pretty ugly. Mm. Um, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So uh, this looks, this one looks very kind of beautifully animated. But two and like yeah, it's going to be like contain like um uh, the usual typical like Walking Dead violence. But mm-hmm. I want to see like it, Invisible itself. From what I heard, wasn't like like all gruesome goriness and stuff like that. There's uh there were other rated R aspects, including like content of sex, of course, and stuff like that. So you know you can see that too. Um, <laughs> but it's 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 an interesting story. So I am I'm excited for it. Nice. That is super awesome. I actually know that I have some invisible trade paperbacks. Um, I just don't know where they are. They are back from my diamond days. <laughs> uh, when I used to work at Diamond, I used to just buy trade paperbacks that were on sale. So I know it's somewhere around there. 
Um, so I, I may have to go digging to check it out, maybe read it before the animated series is premiered on Amazon Prime. But that sounds super exciting news. Mark Hamill, I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, now it's time for Juntos y Fuertes. Kristen, what's on our Juntos y Fuertes today? So today I have a book that sounds super interesting. Um, it's a new graphic novel that shows the history of the Black Panther Party. And uh, this article says even those who know about the movement will learn something new and see how the past repeats itself. So uh, David F. Walker and Marcus Kwame Anderson's graphic novel actually called The Black Panther Party may be the first introduction to the Revolutionary Party for some. For others, it will provide additional context to the history. The graphic novel spans from the founding of the party by Huey P. Newton and Robbie Seale in the mid-60s to its unfortunate demise when members were murdered, ostracized, or imprisoned. It covers the constant government attacks to the party, <clears throat> Q. J. Edgar Hoover, who stated the Black Panthers were the greatest threat to the internal security of the country and its internal strife against a background of increased racial tensions throughout the nation. Walker and Anderson's collaboration reveals that the Black Panthers weren't without faults, yet the organization's focus from the beginning was always giving black communities the strength and power to be informed of and fight for the rights they deserve. From food pantries to educational programs to a new Newspapers circulating relevant and underreported news affecting black people, the Black Panthers served their community first, which seemed radical to those who never thought black people deserved basic rights in the first place. So this graphic novel sounds super interesting. I um, I will share the article where they actually interviewed the creators um, and talk about the process and what actually how they went through um how they went through uh, researching and it just it, it sounds super cool and I had written down or I saw when it was coming out and now I can't find where the actual I will I will look and I will let you know but <clears throat> um, let's see um, I believe it's coming out in the spring but I will have to share that info when I share the article because I can't seem to find where I saw that date. But um, it is well, coming out and I highly recommend that you uh, check it out. Well, I, um, I'm wondering, is it something that you can order at your local comic book shop? Um, I believe so. Um, it says Electric Lit is the is the publisher and I might be confusing this with the other information when I was looking up Henry's comic <laughs> that's where I saw the date so yes I don't see here a date of when it is coming out it's a long interview um so okay I'm just trying to scan it right now but um 
I am going to do a little bit more research and see if we can find out when it's actually coming. But the cool thing is that Electric Lit is a nonprofit organization founded in 2009, and their mission is to amplify the power of storytelling with digital innovation and to ensure that literature remains a vibrant presence in popular culture by supporting writers, embracing new technologies, and building community to broaden the audience for literature. So this is a double juntos because... <laughs> um, we're highlighting this book, but also this publication company itself. When you can find out more information at electricliterature.com. And so uh, definitely check it out because um, this book sounds super cool. Um, if uh, you get back into the office, Kristen, and you're able to order this uh, through the previews, I'd like to ask for that to be put on my Coolest. Sure. If possible. Okay. Um, <laughs> for the future. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, um, um, I actually want to uh, build my littlest library. Uh, oh, that is a yes! free library. Uh-huh. And uh, because I live in Compton, I think this would be a great addition to my littlest library. So, yeah. Um, I'm always on the, on the hunt for... Uh, comic books that uh, look like us. That's awesome. Basically. So anyway, thank you so much for bringing that up. I I, I can't wait to read it, actually. Um, and if for some reason you are not able to order it, just let me know and I'll hunt it down. But it looks <laughs> like it's something that will come out in the future. Maybe, like you said, spring. And there may be delays to due to the pandemic so let's just keep an eye on yeah on well that. it looks like it's already available online to order through different um places because uh, it's uh on it's uh on google um there's a whole bunch here that are, are showing uh that particular book um that's already for sale. I don't know if it's a pre-order or not, but when I'm sure it's a pre-order, yeah. But when you look at, um, oh, it's okay. It's available through Penguin, and we do have an article. Uh, an article. Um, we have a uh, what you call it with Penguin, an account. So oh, awesome. we should be able to order it through them, and the it's a paperback, and it's nineteen ninety nine. And okay, it just came out January nineteenth. Oh, excellent. Oh, okay. oh, I'm so excited. So the answer to that, that is question cool. is if your local comic shop has an account with Penguin Random House, then yes, they can order it for you. That's amazing. Thank you so much for that. <laughs> All right, guys, it's now time for En La Libreria. Jen, ¿qué está en la librería hoy? So today in La Libreria is Travel con Lola to la República Dominicana, a children's book about travel, culture, and representation. So it's currently on Kickstarter, uh, and it has a goal of 6,000. It is currently at 4,021. So it's about two-thirds of the way towards its goal, and it has 101 backers with 52 days to go. Yes. So it is a children's book. Uh, that is being done by uh, two first-born, two first-generation Dominican American sisters. Oh, cool! Uh, raised, Ooh. yeah, raised in NYC and living in Brooklyn. Uh, they have decided to create this children's book, uh, emphasizing like the Dominican Republic, uh, and specifically also like their neighborhood and stuff like that. So it's 
it looks really 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 cute uh and it's they have a trailer for it and it's actually uh, uh featured on kickstarter as one of the projects that they love uh and honestly if you like it it's something that uh that reflects one like the Latinx culture and stuff like that but two it is definitely a passion project of these two sisters who want to kind of like put their culture out into the world in some form of a way uh so it's travel con Lola uh you don't have to put to la república dominicana so you can just put travel con Lola and it'll pop right up so uh one of the first tiers that they have is $15 which is uh just the book itself um, but after that, they have, uh, a $20 pledge, which is the book signed by the authors. And then, um, uh, there's one that comes with a coloring sheet, uh, and then uh, you can pledge $25 and you get the book, but also you get a uh, one that can be done, that will be donated to the nonprofit organization, Brooklyn Book Bodega. Oh, cool. So for $25, you can get the book and donate $5, uh or don't not just donate not donate five dollars but like the book will be sent off to um um will be donated to uh this kind of this nonprofit organization so definitely back it i think i know i'm going to uh because it looks it looks really cute uh and it's like an easy way to like kind of introduce kids to like other places and like it said like travel culture and representation I love it. And again, this one will be um, one of the books, I guess, that can also be included <laughs> in the little library. Um, I'm so, you know what? It's so amazing how many people are out there creating these stories for people of color. So thank you so much for highlighting this on En La Libreria, Jen. This is awesome. Thank you so much. All right, guys, now it's time for saludos. And today we are mandando saludos a Concrete Comics. And not only did we uh, review Andy Starboy number one uh, on today's episode, but also Concrete Comics just reached 10,000 followers on Instagram. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Um, so that is severely impressive. They were uh, celebrating all over the social medias. <laughs> so I really wanted to uh, mandar saludos a Concrete Comics. And again, uh, you can follow them on Instagram, uh, on Facebook, and also you can look on their website, www.concrete, that's K-O-N-K-R-E-T, comics, C-O-M-I-C-S dot com. And uh, check out their other comic books in their website. Saludos out to Concrete Comics. And I know... Kristen, you had an extra saludos today. Yes, I'm sending out saludos to Henry Barajas, our good friend, who is the writer of La Voz de Mayo, our, one of our favorite books, and uh, not just because we were drawn into it to be living in forever and ever uh, for eternity. But um, we, we're giving saludos to Henry because his, his next book... 
um, which is Helm Greycastle, which just came off a successful Kickstarter, is going to be published and widely distributed through Top Cow, which is an imprint of Image Comics. So he's moving on up there. And in case you haven't heard, um, Helm Greycastle is a series that is set in a world where the Aztec Empire defeated the Spanish conquistadors leading the creation of Aztec Mexica, a nation ruled by Montezuma, at least until the resistance manages to overthrow him and free the people. Uh, So it's super cool. And I saw this Kickstarter and one of the biggest, coolest things I thought that um, had to do with this book is that this story is going to be accompanied by a Latinx RPG. So an RPG game that you're going to play along and you can read the story and it's going to be set in the same world. So that to me is super cool. And it is um, the series is going to launch digitally and in comic book stores on April 28th. Oh, my God, that is super cool. I dude, can I have that on my pull list? too? (laughs) (laughs) You know, um, I, I honestly, I was going to kickstart the project and then for some reason and it got away from me, uh, as things do sometimes when you're working. Um, and so I was kind of disappointed in myself. I'm like, you know, you got to put a calendar because before you know it, the, the, the whole project will be over. It's due. Yeah. But now that Top Cow and Imprint of Image has picked it up, I can put it on my pull list. <laughs> so guys, contact your local comic book shop and have them get this on your pull list because I, you know, coming from Henry, you'll not be disappointed. I'm so excited. I mean, this is amazing news. Saludos to Henry Barajas. All right, guys, that brings us to the end of our episode. Where can they find us, girls? As always, you can find us on Facebook at Comic Comadres and on Instagram at Comadres y Comics. You can find us on Twitter at Comic Comadres, where you can send us a DM as well. You can always email us directly at comadresycomics at gmail.com. And also, you can follow us and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Just search Comadres y Comics Podcast and you can see all our amazing interviews with amazing creators, amazing people that are so creative and gifted. Um, check that out. We learned so much. Get inspired. Just subscribe and watch those interviews. Also, just to follow up, we are doing the drawing for the Quince giveaway of the bilingual, definitive bilingual hardcover edition autographed uh, January 29th. And I'll take care of that. Promise I will do that. And also, but also, if you haven't rated and reviewed our podcast, please do so by January 28th so you can be entered into the uh, raffle. So thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate you guys. Stay safe. We have been your hosts. I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.